Welcome to Dominion Sonship Life. Here we go. Here we go. One more, one more moment again, again, and again of being together in Him and really rejoicing at the power that we have now through our new birth, the power of the salvation that Jesus wrought for us on the cross, that He died for us all so that He could go down to the pit of hell because He was a just man and yet took on unrighteousness, became sin so we might become his righteousness on earth by believing. And so he went down to the pit of hell, really, because that's what sin does. The wages of sin is death. There's nothing outside of where sin can lead you, no other alley, no other little road nor path but death. And so Jesus went down to the pit of hell, but really he is the only righteous judge of all. The just and the justifier of us all. And defeated the devil in his own turf, on his own turf, in his own camp, defeated the devil, stripped him of every weapon that could ever be used against a child of God that believes on what Jesus has done. The victorious king of glory, what he has done. And in the victory of the triumph of his mighty triumph, down in the pit of hell, in the headquarters of Satan himself, where all the ammunition, all the demonic wisdom, deception, in the thick of it, Jesus walked and strutted his stuff. He is the king of glory and took back that dominion that Adam sold out to. Sold out to Satan through deception. And then Jesus resurrected. Resurrected unto newness of life to be the firstborn among the dead. And walked earth. And many witnesses beheld him. And then ascension came. Back to the Father he went. And that's where he is sitting at the right hand of God the Father. But 10 days after that ascension, what happened? Mighty Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth and intercession, the spirit of grace was given unto us, released. For it was expedient that he goes back to the Father to give us the gift of his spirit that would lead us into all truth, the spirit of truth. And so here we are under another leading of the spirit of truth to declare the victory that we now have through the new birth because we believe on that which Jesus did for us, that which I just said. Filled with exuberance, filled with confidence, filled with knowing, knowing what he has done and that in that which he had called, it is done, it is finished. There is absolutely no defeat for a child of God. There's absolutely no weapon that the enemy can muster to bring you down, ever, never, unless you choose to believe a lie. Unless you choose to just say, you know, I know all the Bible verses, but really it hasn't worked out that way. My experience tells me, you know, it can be just potentially a little bit something else. So we start relying on the things of the world that Satan is the Lord over. We start reverting back to the flesh that really only leads to corruption. Why? Because we've departed from the truth of the word of God. 
because we can I say turn a deaf ear to the spirit of truth that is bring a conviction to bring us back into truth to bring us back 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 in the assurance of our salvation that no matter what it looks like here on the other side of it should I not cave in under the pressure there is only victory and so what do we do what do we do we press on we press on forgetting what was and one thing we have on our minds, the Lord Jesus Christ, beholding the finished, completed work, beholding the King of glory, running this race with perseverance, perseverance with great endurance of the spirit and the booing of the truth of the word of God to tell me if God before me, I cannot be hindered. Yeah, maybe there's a moment where you feel hindered. But if you don't cave into that moment, you're overcoming it. You're overcoming it. You're overcoming it. And so today, all of us are in this overcomer's race. The race of faith. The race of the victorious ones that are found in him the conqueror and he has now in himself made us more than conquerors because he went and he did the work for us and we're now walking in the fruit of it and the benefit of it we've been talking about God is true we've been talking about it's the beginning of 2024 year 2024 and it started, my first message that I went live with was called transformation. It is this metamorphosis, a transformation from the old manner of life through the intake of the word of God, a regeneration, a renewing of the mind to bring us into this reality that we are now made brand new in him. New creations. And this is an ongoing process of transformation. And Paul tells us it is from glory to glory, not from bad to worse, but from glory to glory, always growing in our understanding of the assurance of the word of God, always growing in the yieldedness to the Spirit's lead in the word of God, and thus having marked our life for glory only. Transformation. And the very next moment that God spoke to me as a message was do not grow weary in the press. Do not grow weary in this press of transformation. A lot of opposition, primarily from your old, old, your old carnal mind. Not the new mind of Christ that you do now possess, but the old carnal mind. See, the number one enemy you have is those old thoughts that have become a mold to the old man. They've really shaped the way the old man lived. Can I say that shaping is a marred shaping? That shaping of the old thought process of the old man is with great deficiency and great inadequacy. But in Christ, now that we are, we have the mind of Christ, that now we have the 
adequacy of the power of the living God. We now have full sufficiency in all things to be able to give to every good work. And this transformation of what you perceive and how you see your life, whether it's the old way that was marred by sin, living in a world that sin, sin, sin in this world has dominion. But now when we make the choice, no, that's not my truth. That's not truth. That's not my reality. Truth says that I am born from above. I'm a new creation. And I'm not to know myself after the old man nor anyone else for that matter. Then at that moment, you're making a choice to function out of this truth reality. And in this truth reality, if God be for you, who can be against you? In this truth reality, the joy of the Lord within you is your strength. In this truth reality, there's no opposition that can defeat you unless you cower. How would you cower? Revert to an old mindset. And so, not growing weary in the press is truly beholding him who is true. And thus, the following message was, know him who is true. I don't sit down and make up these messages, by the way, and make up the titles for the rest of the year. I'll tell you how those come about. Usually, the morning before I speak, I sit and I get quiet. Sometimes on my way to my prayer chair, I hear the title. Sometimes at wake up, I hear the title. And very, very rarely, before I go to bed, prior to the message, I'll have a perceiving of a title. But when I go through these messages, I understand the flow of strength. Is communicating to all of us. See, we'll not go, we'll not undergo transformation, nor be found strong in the press of faith if we do not know the true God. Him who is true. Because when you know that He is true, the real God, then you want to be found in submission to that reality. You want to live life in order to the one who is true because you know there's no life found in truth. And there we looked at his body being true food and his blood being true drink being partakers of divine nature. And then last Sunday was the one true God. Glory be to God. The one true God. And we looked at Jesus talking about his father. In John 17, let's, let's just look at that verse and then we'll move into today's message. All of it is today's message because faith is now. 
We live in this perpetual day called today in him. <laughs> Glory be to God, our heavenly father, our heavenly father. John 17. His prayer. It starts of that chapter. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. You know, we can do exactly the same. Right now, we lift up our eyes to heaven and say, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son also may glorify you. This is the hour of the perpetual rest of a child of God. Desiring to glorify the Father by glorifying the Son. Then in verse 3, Jesus says, And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, Father. To know the true God is to have eternal life. To know the true God is to be possessor of divine life here, now. That gives us an assurance of eternal, eternal safety forever. To know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent, whom he has sent to us. And so today's message is truth does not lie. This I wanted to hit a little bit closer to <laughs> within our own selves. Truth does not lie. I had, I think, in one of these messages, maybe two weeks ago, to know the true God, I said that now that we are Christian and that we are of truth, born of God who is truth, born through the incorruptible seed of the word of God, and his word is truth, there ought to be no lie in our midst. No lying. No lying. Do you know what lying is to a Christian? Hypocrisy. Pretense. Whom did Jesus, whom did Jesus accuse of hypocrisy? The leaven of the Pharisees. The religious mind, mindset is highly, highly full of hypocrisy, which is lies. And that ought not to be said of us, the true children of the living God. And so truth does not lie. Let's go to Titus. Let's go to Titus. I'll look at three verses regarding the Lord to again establish, to again establish, actually I'm in Titus, to again establish that he is the only true God. Titus 1, 1. Paul, a bondservant 
of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. According to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth. According to the faith of God's elect and what the acknowledgement of the truth, which accords with godliness. What is godliness? It's not how long the hem of your skirt is. Or how well your, your hair is braided. Or how austere you look on the outside. Godliness is a knowledge of truth. And of course, when you know truth, it will affect your appearance. But we do not judge according to outward appearance. To portray an image of what we perceive to be holy and pious and very highly religious. And yet be like what Jesus spoke of those Pharisees, be whitewashed tombs and yet be full of dead bones, but on the outside look so good, so good, so good. That is hypocrisy. But let's start again this verse. Paul, a bondservant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. According to the faith of God's elect. Right here, right here in the very opening, we're recognizing that Paul has believed the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. That which we read in, in John 17, verse 3, that those that know God have eternal life and have acknowledged that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, the very Son of God. And so Paul is a worthy, a worthy witness of truth to us. The entire Bible is, for this is him, truth. Bondservant of God and apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith, of God's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth which accords with godliness. Verse 2, in hope of eternal life, which God who cannot lie, which God who cannot lie promised before time began, but has in due time manifested his word through preaching which was committed to me according to the commandment of God, our Savior. So many messages can be drawn out of this deep well. The power of the message preached is one of them that Paul was called to, a minister of the gospel. But my focus here really for the sake of this teaching is that verse 2. In hope of eternal life, which God who cannot lie promised. Did he fulfill the promise? Yes. What was the promise of the son, the seed of Abraham? Coming into this world and being a rescue to the nations. 
God who cannot lie promised before time began, but has in due time manifested his word through preaching, which was committed to me according to the commandment of God, our Savior. In, in, um, let's go to Hebrews 6. Actually, this week I was, I was really meditating this portion here in Hebrews 6. Let's go to verse 13, talking about the promise. For when God made the promise to Abraham, what did Titus tell us about God that made the promise? God, who cannot lie, made the promise. This is rejoicing time. God who cannot lie made the promise and fulfilled the promise, made it manifest through the preaching of the message. Hebrews 6, 13. For when God made the promise to Abraham because he could swear by no one greater, no one greater than our true God, he swore by himself, which means above truth is nothing, buddy. The highest place you can go in life is live in truth. And the lowest place you can go in life, especially as a child of God, is live in hypocrisy. Hypocrisy of pretense. Unwilling to face your moment and deal with it with the truth of the word of God. Of shifting your perspective when truth encounters you and convicts you. Of changing your mind to believe truth versus believing a lie. Which is ultimately refusing to undergo transformation. Which equals like, equals to having grown weary in the press of faith. Which is the same as refusing to engage in the fight of faith, which is this press that is forward unto Jesus, the author and the finish of our faith. Hypocrisy is living life like the world. And no matter how much you can call yourself a Christian, if you mind it is not a right, of course, as you believe on him whom the Father sent, you do have eternal life. Heaven is assured. But I'm talking about reflecting the glory of God on earth as Jesus prayed. This is the hour. Glorify your son that you, Father, might be glorified. This is who we are made to be conformed to the image of Christ, to bring God the glory while here stationed as ambassadors from God, from heaven, our citizenship is unto earth. We are on a mission. But if we refuse to renew our mind, we are aborting the mission and ultimately will give an account to God for how we did live life on earth. A lot of my messages are really for here now. That's why great focus on transformation, new creation reality, renewing your mind. You're no longer to know yourself after the old man. All these four years, I got to look at the calendar, how many years it's been. Behind this camera, you could say it's the same message. 
This is the message of the hour. That Jesus prayed, the hour has come. We are to give God the glory through his son. And it looks like a life that is fully given to God to live life through us. For God is not a man that he should lie. The promise he gave to Abraham, he could not swear by no one higher than himself. So he swore by himself. Can I say he swore by truth? Truth swore by truth. Truth is truth. Truth does not lie. Truth is here and lie is the polar opposite. First John tells us there is absolutely no lie in truth. Therefore, there ought to be no lying in our camps. There ought to be no lying among the brethren. Hypocrisy. And no one wants to speak truth lately. Honesty has gone by the wayside. Honesty. How about we be honest? How about we live the sincere and faint faith of the Lord Jesus Christ that Paul commented his son Timothy? How about we live this love, sincere love, without hypocrisy that Paul commanded the Romans to do so? Or Paul to the Colossians, don't lie, don't lie to one another. Colossians, I'm all over the verses, but that's awesome. Colossians, Paul writing in chapter 3, verse 8. But now you, yourselves, you yourselves, <laughs> Now you yourselves, not God for you will do it, but now you yourselves are to put off all these anger. You mean I can say no to the anger that's hereditary? hereditary? Well, don't you know I'm of such and such descent and known for outbursts of anger? Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> yeah, we're not to know ourselves after the flesh. But after this new manner of life that is of God. And so much, so much, so much looseness of lips and joking about things that really are of sin. Put off, you yourselves. We, we, we talked about Paul being an apostle. Sent by God. There is a valid voice of God into our lives. And he says to us, that is really of the Holy Spirit speaking to us, the Spirit of truth speaks to us, but now you yourselves now, right now, forget what was earlier today. Right now is a new mercy moment. Mercy is speaking to you right now. You yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie. Look at verse 9. Do not lie to one another 
Do not lie to one another. Well, you know, I'm really not quite lying. I'm just kind of like, I'm just really, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just abstaining from saying that because it might potentially offend the sister or the brother. Oh, so now you become a pleaser of man. Well, you know, we're not supposed to offend one another. Do you know what offends another is hypocrisy. Is you, you having thoughts that are at art against another and pretending you don't. And in the company of that one, you're really, really, really wonderful. Hypocrisy. But the word says, do not lie to one another since you have put off you have put off the old man with his deeds, which tells me the old man is very comfortable with lying. So if there's lying in your midst, if you tend to sometimes do little white lies, it's still a lie. You're in the old carnal way that leads to destruction. It says, since you've put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, we've put on the new man, who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, you're not to know them after the flesh. And genealogies. But Christ is all in all. That's how we acknowledge one another in the body of Christ. But Christ is all and in all. The body of Christ. We don't lie to the body of Christ. Because we're lying to him and we have examples of whom? In the book of Acts. Ananias and Sapphira did not fare well. And this is the hour that we are now have come into. It's costly because we're lying against the Holy Spirit by whom we have been sealed in the body of Christ. Truth does not lie. Back to Hebrews 6, let's finish here. Because God, when he made the promise to Abraham, verse 13, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, surely blessing, I'll bless you, multiplying, I'll multiply, speak. Uh, God is speaking, and when God speaks, truth speaks. This is truth. Does it matter whether you really know this is truth? Yes, it does. And I'll tell you whether you believe the word of God is truth. Is by you looking at your life, are you com in compliance to the word of God? Do you desire to be compliant to the word of God and laying aside all that filthiness of the old man through the cross of Christ? Then that tells me you truly do know that this is truth, and that you want to be a disciple of truth. Not just merely speaking with your lips, but your heart is so removed from truth. Hypocrisy. God said, surely, blessing, I'll bless you, multiplying, I'll multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise, that is Abraham. For men indeed swear by the greater, 
And an oath for confirmation is for them an end of all dispute. It settles the matter, an oath. Thus God, verse 17, thus God, our good God, determining to show more abundantly, to truly, to truly assure us, to truly give us a full confidence in his word, to truly want us fully persuaded. He, he is speaking truth to us and it is coming to pass. Yet there is a process of patiently enduring it for it to come to pass. That's called transformation on your end and my end. By laying hold of truth and not letting it go. Truth is truth. Truth always triumphs over a lie. And if I hold on to truth, which the word of God is, it will crush all opposition out of the way. Every lie will be debunked and there'll be full justification of your life and my life in the word of God. And you don't have to wait for too, too long, especially in this hour. Seed time harvest is working speedily now. Oh, I'm stirred up. Truth is to stir us up. Thus God determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise, the immutability, the non-changeable manner, the non-changeable nature of the word of God, the immutability of his counsel, of his word, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things, by swearing unto himself and confirming it with an oath. By two immutable things can never change. These two things can never change. They seal the deal forever, forever. It puts an end to all dispute, like he said earlier. You mind ought not to dispute the word of God ever. Your mind ought not to dispute the word of God ever. Never, never, never. Because at that moment, in that mind unrenewed, unregenerated thought, you're accusing God to be a liar. Let God be true and every man a liar. By two immutable things, he confirmed, he determined to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise, the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by a note that by two immutable things in which, listen to this, in which it is impossible for God to lie. The word impossible means there's absolutely no possibility. You know, sometimes you look at the situation, you, it, it, a hard moment, it's impossible. It's, it says who? Says who? Says who? It's impossible for that to change. Says who? As a child of God, when you walk by faith, the just shall live by faith. All things are possible. Because the God of possibility, where it's impossible for him to lie, has brought forth a consolation, an abundancy of consolation 
And so through the, this, let's finish back 18. That by two immutable things in which it's impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. Truth is our refuge. Let's go to Numbers. I actually have a little tag to Numbers. A little marking here. Numbers 23, you can look if you don't want to leave there. Numbers, I'll read it from, um, it's chapter 23, and I'll read from verse 19. God is not a man that he should lie. Newsflash, newsflash. We live in a world where the God of this world is Satan, who is a deceiver. And so can I say that this world is ruled through deceit? The master of this world and the shaping of it is based on a lie. A lie. And the only way you will ever debunk that lie for your own personal life in Christ and of course, to, for your family, because you stand for your family and that the sphere of, of, of influence in the spirit that God has given you, even over your nations as you grow in him. Jeremiah was called as a prophet to the nations. In that sphere of influence, you can debunk the lie through truth, which is the word of God. How often we find ourselves in conversations in the midst of the brethren. And they've really taken on the bait of the lies of Satan. And they're living like it's true. Believing lies. And through their manner of life, because they've complied to the lie, they're communicating it's true. It does not make it true, by the way. But what it does, it trips up so many. And then we turn to God in sheer frustration. Where were you, God? Where are you, God? How come I don't hear you, God? I don't hear you. I don't hear God. We mean don't hear God. We mean you don't hear God. Here we can hear God right here. Let's go back to the word of God in, in, in Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do? God gave a promise and it came to pass. For it's impossible for God to lie. Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? Behold, I have received a command to bless. He has blessed and I cannot reverse it. Oh, He has blessed you. And the devil cannot reverse it. God has blessed you. You are in Christ. How has he blessed me, Desi? You're in Christ. He has blessed you. The curse in Christ has been annulled. He became a curse because he hanged on the tree. So you can now walk in that word that he gave to Abraham. In blessings, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply you. He's not a man to lie this word to us. 
Behold, I have received the command. <laughs> Behold, Balaam said to Balak in this context here. I have received the command, a command from God. Every word of God is a command in the spirit. When he spoke light big, command came forth out of truth and every light complied and light was and is still complying to truth. Behold, I received the command to bless. He is blessed and I cannot reverse it. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Let's go to Paul, uh, God speaking to Paul. We were a little bit here in the book of Acts last week, I think in 17. Let's go to Acts 26. I'm not sure how I'm going to come to close this message. It's just opening up to me, but the Lord knows how to do that. And I'm sure we can continue on this theme as he leads us. Truth does not lie. Therefore, you and I in Christ do not lie. There's no lying. Oh, wow, you know, I don't lie. I just set it up so it looks like truth. Really? Hypocrisy. We're not of those that live such hypocrisy. Acts 26. Paul speaking to King Agrippa and recounting his conversion. Here we, we come when, of course, um, on the road of Damascus at midday, at midday. Verse 13. At midday, O king, along the road, I saw a light from heaven. At midday, this is the hour, the high point of the day. At midday, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining around me and those who journeyed with me. This is truth. It's exactly how it happened. And when we all had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew language, so, so, why are you persecuting me? It's hard for you to kick against the goats. And so I said, who are you, Lord? He said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. And this is uh, this portion coming up is why I came here for. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. I'll deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you. Verse 18, verse 18, verse 18. To open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light. To open their eyes. How? In Titus Paul said through the preaching of this message. Paul in Titus said that now he has manifested it through the preaching of the message. The promise that has been fully fulfilled in Christ. To open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. 
darkness and the power of Satan, it is lies and deception. But God desires our eyes be opened to the power of God to light. For God is light, which is truth. You see, when we do not speak, well, let's go a little deeper. When we do not believe, can I say, are fully persuaded by truth that this is truth, we're choosing another camp to live in, in our minds, called darkness, which is deception. How would it fare out for you? You living in that camp in your mind called deception. What would you live out? You live out that which you believe. And if you're not persuaded fully by the word of God, you're living not the word of God, which is darkness, which is Satan's injected lies. Doesn't matter how far back you can trace it in your family, how they believed doesn't matter if it's not of truth the word of God it is a lie and you ought to in your mind call it as such and don't play games with it just because no one sees and no one really knows God does we live life before him I read from the from acts again that we move and have our being in him we like to quote that verse. Do you know what that verse means? Is my very thoughts are lived before him. <laughs> my very being is before God. Who are we fooling here? Might fool me. I might fool you. But God sees all. God knows all. And that does not mean, that does mean, let me just, let me tell you how bad it is. Okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest. It's really, really bad. Okay, it's really, really bad. There is a place where we can bring that unto one another to pray for one another and thus fulfill the law of Christ by carrying each other's burden. But what we're to acknowledge it is truth in us. The communication of our faith in Philemon, it writes, it is to acknowledge everything good that we have in him. So what can I acknowledge that is good that I have in him? That's not pretense. That's not me pretending. Is I'm a child of God. I'm overcoming this moment right now. I refuse to be moved by it. I refuse to believe it as though it is truth. This is a lie from the pit of hell. Even though it might seem everything's lined up just so. Every little ducky is lined up. Satan knows how to do deception very well. He's a master of it. He's the father of all lies. But to acknowledge truth is to recognize I am from above. I'm not from beneath. I'm not of this world. I'm not subject to the way of the world. I am from above. My citizenship is in heaven. Therefore, I've already overcome it, oh, buddy. I'm on top of it. And this is how you encourage yourself. And this is how you encourage another. With truth. Truth is not dependent on how you feel. 
Oh, my kids used to say, what was it? Facts have no feelings. Truth is not determined by how you feel. Truth is the word of God. Whether you're up, the word of God is truth. Whether you're down, the word of God is truth. And to get from down to up, you believe the truth of the word of God does not change. Immutability. Immutability in his word. Unchangeableness. Back to Acts. What? The assignment, the purpose of this conversion of Paul's was to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins. So many struggle with this, am I forgiven? Yes, in Christ you are. But are you living in the light of his word where there's no deception? Or are you still messing with lies and the ways of the world because there'll be great condemnation there? That you never feel forgiven. But what are we supposed to do in this moment? What are we supposed to do when, when, when we're wanting to come out of the snare of darkness? When we've engaged in the wrong camp in our thoughts, there's led to some deeds that are deeds of darkness. What do we do? We go to John's writing in 1 John. In 1 John 1, 5, this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you, that God is light and in him, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, and walk in darkness. Let's do first six again. If we say, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. We lie? What? And do not practice the truth. So to lie means you're not practicing truth. So there's no such thing of you practicing truth and speaking lies. Practicing truth is not being a liar. Oh, I'm not a liar. I just sometimes, when the pressure is just right, I lie. That's not practicing truth. Well, I don't really want to, I don't really want to say, because it might, affect, might hurt them. That's not being a speaker of truth. Yeah, we communicate in grace and in the love of God. Honesty. 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 If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Verse 7. But if we walk in the light, walk in the light. What is that? Walk in the word of God. If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Christ the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Sorry, cleanses from all sin. Verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us 
to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And this is what God spoke to Paul to bring them in the reality of the forgiveness of sin. To walk in light and come out of darkness by opening their eyes through the preaching of the message. That they may, back to Acts 26 at the end of verse 18. Actually, let's do 18 again, the full of it. To open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. I am uh, done for today, but I have to read something in John and then I'll continue tomorrow. No, not tomorrow. Well, maybe next time you listen to me, it might be tomorrow. <laughs> um, but the next message will be next week in John to get this straight. Get it straight in John 8. Truth versus a lie. Truth does not lie. If we say we are of God, then we cannot walk in darkness. If we're speaking lies, then we're not practicing truth. And it's not a cute little thing. Oh, well, lying is of the devil. Who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So, but you, but you lying, you're opening the door. You're opening the door for him to come, steal, kill, and destroy. And then so many blame it on God. Well, you know, he just took it away because he had to teach me a lesson. That's God. No. No. We are to practice truth. And in truth, we're being kept by the power of God. We read, in 1 John 5, 18, the last few weeks, about keeping ourselves and the wicked one will not touch us, cannot touch us. And one way we disallow him touching us is by refusing to lie. Okay, John 8, 30. Oh, it's a long passage, but for time's sake for today, because I really have a sense to wrap it up, we'll go to verse 42. He is speaking to the Pharisees about truth and the truth sets you free. And they say to him, well, you know, we, we're not under slavery. We're not in any bondage. So I don't know why you say that you make us free. And so Jesus said, in verse 34, Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. If you lie, you're a slave to lying. And the slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And then he says in verse 37, I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. Truth has no place in you. His word is truth. I speak what I've seen, what I've seen with my father, 
and you do what you have seen with your father. And so the Pharisee says, what do you mean? Abraham is our father. And Jesus says to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth. A man who's told you the truth, that's Jesus, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. And then they said, well, we're not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Deception. They're under deception. Why? Because they're liars. And when they lie, they're under the slavery of that deception. And so they're self-deceived. Oh, we are of God. We have Abraham as our father. Jesus said to them, this is it. If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceed forward and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. Mm, there's a lot there, but let's go 44. You're of your father, the devil. What boldness. Did Jesus speak truth in the face of it? Yes. These are the Pharisees. These are the rulers of the Jewish people. To them, Jesus, the word of God says, you're not of God. You're not of God. You're not of God, the father. You're of your father, the devil. And the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth. Not standing in the truth made him a murderer. Murderer of what? Of truth. Stealing, killing, and destroying. It's to do with truth. When the truth is taken from you, the word of God, you got nothing to stand. And you're made a captive by the devil's desires. Don't let him steal truth from you, which is the word of God. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. There's no truth in Satan. When he speaks a lie, listen to this. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Because I tell you the truth, he said to the Pharisees, you do not believe me. Can you imagine not to believe truth? That's the worst state, the worst state one can fall into. For, to believe a lie and think it's truth. And so today, we're not of those. No, 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 no. Today, we are born of the truth of the word of God. Today, we are fathered, we are fathered by truth, God himself. Today, we live in truth and we do not lie in Jesus' name. Amen. We're done.